This is Steve Ray with Owl's Nest Barbecue, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show with Greg Rempe. Can you believe it? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, What? Eight fifty-four wiener. Listen, Lebrunius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You have found the Barbecue Central show. If you missed the first hour, don't worry about it. We're recording this show live as it happens. So if you are just stumbling across here for the last 60 minutes. You can go back and get this show starting as early as midnight tonight. Maybe a little later than that. I never fully understand how these podcast platforms refresh, like what time frame. Because I can set my uh, archives to release into the podcast feed, which I have set like Thursdays and Friday shows I have set to go live at 1 a.m. in the morning because when I used to do it at 7 they just didn't magically show up at 7 it would take a while to aggregate so now I just do it at 1 a.m. figure I give myself uh, 6 hours or so before people actually start to get up and get rolling on the eastern time zone portion of the country and away you go and hopefully it's loaded in there for you to listen to on your way to work or listen to at work, or maybe you're saving it for a big trip that you have this coming weekend, whatever the case may be. But the first hour of the show is locked up and ready to be released into the podcast feed at 23.55 this evening, which means you will get it tomorrow. And then Thursday, we'll house the second hour. And then, of course, we have the best of, which I will get into here in just a second. Uh, This segment of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. You can connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or you can connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Still to come on this show this evening is Doug Hassel from the Hassel Cattle Company. And as I had said in the show open, there is a continued demand for Wagyu beef or Wagyu beef or however you say it. And Doug Hassel is a purveyor that's out there and a rancher that's out there. And boy, oh boy, are they becoming more popular literally by each day that is passing. And that'll be up here in about 12 minutes from now. Again, don't forget, you can socially, you can socially follow me. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. I do have a YouTube page slash RD Rempe if you want to check that out and subscribe. Uh, I, I'm still continuing to be pissed at YouTube. Mostly I'm pissed from like uh, eight or nine years ago when a coworker of mine jacked up my original YouTube account and I was banned. 
Uh, sorry, wrong sound effect. I was banned by YouTube from ever making money from them because one of my pals screwed with the clicks and they got wise to it. I'm like, why would you do that? Well, I was just trying to help you out. Just, uh, nobody needs your help, friend. Now you've gotten me banned. And over the years, literally eight years, a couple times a year, I reapply to go into all clear status. After further review, you still suck and you're not allowed. Great, thanks. So that's why I started the new YouTube channel. Then, of course, they changed all of their rules and regulations, which you know, I'm never going to hit any of that to actually make any money. So whatever. I hate YouTube. I hate all this videos. I just hate it. Can't we go back to just this being a regular radio show? I mean, did you really need to see Meathead? Do you really need to see anybody? You don't need to see me. Can't we just go back to this being a regular radio or a non-video show where just audio and you can paint pictures in your head? Nobody cares what I look like. I don't even care what I look like. I just want to go back to it being just audio only. Can we do that? We can't. We're too far in. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Episode 89. Friends, we are 11 shows away from 100, if you can believe. 100. Some of the best barbecue and grilling related shows only made it to 100 before they called it quits. And John Solberg has the hammer down as we are rapidly approaching 100 episodes. So we thank him for his production. Uh, This particular 89th episode takes you all the way back to September 15th of 2010. 2010! A long time ago. What was going on in 2010? Who knows? You will find me, not Steve Ray this time, you will find me having a conversation with then pitmaster Leanne Whippin of Woodchicks Barbecue, I think. She was on an episode of Barbecue Pitmasters. Remember that show that spawned a generation of interested barbecuers or at least created the spark for people to say, hey, I want to get into the competition barbecue scene. I can do that. Well, she was on one of the Barbecue Pitmasters show, so we talked to her about her time and experience on that show, and we also talked in that show to a fella by the name of Tom Emery, who was located on the West Coast, California guy, and we actually talked fairly in-depth about the infamous traducan, which is a turkey, duck, and chicken. If I'm not mistaken, you have a turkey, and that has a duck in it and then a chicken in it not sure exactly how that stuffing goes uh i don't know about any of you folks but maybe i'm the only human being left although i can speak for my family because there's at least five individuals here in this country who have never a prepared a turducken uh, nor eaten one quick poll in the youtube chat has anybody had turducken just yes or no i think it's no i think a lot of people will be talking some game about making and eating turducken, but that doesn't sound that great. I don't know if I want turkey with chicken with duck. Duck is pretty delicious by itself. Chicken is moderately okay at best. Turkey's a little bit better than chicken. But everybody talking about turducken, especially Thanksgiving time, maybe Christmas. There was some other thing like turducken 
turduck and ostrich or whatever. Some guy, and of course, you know, you got kooks out there making them as big as they can get. 85 pound turduckins, whatever. Look at this. T.S. Barbecue. Nope. John Poston. Nope. John Solberg. Nope. Brian Ashman. Nope. Barbecue. That's just the name. Barbecue. Not worth the effort. Duck is overcooked. Len uh, Carbrant. Nope. Greg Rempe. Nope. That's 100% no. Get that big stuff out of here. Turducken. Get out of here, Turducken. You're done. Your time is passed. You're no bacon explosion. Tim Klassen. Nope. That's 100% no's just in like five seconds. Nobody's eating turducken. Email. Oh, the barbecue equals meathead. All right. That's meathead right there. It says the duck gets overcooked. Email from Tim in Kansas. Hey, Greg, big fan of the show. Oh, geez. I hate when that happens because usually there's a butt coming. And if there's a butt coming, you shouldn't say anything before the butt. Just start with after the butt. Anyway. Hi, Greg. I'm a big fan of the show and usually listen via podcast. It's hard for me to catch it live on Tuesdays all the time. Anyway, I heard you ask a few of your guests recently how much money they make. Don't you think that line of questioning is a bit out of line? Two examples would be Meet Mitch and Sam the Cooking Guy. Not to be confused with Guy the Cooking Sam who is in the YouTube chat. I know you like to ask the tough questions, but maybe don't ask the ones that aren't any of your business. Aside from that, keep up the good work. And again, big fan of the show, Tim. All right, Tim. Thanks for writing in. Look, let me get this point Waterford crystal clear. Uh, First of all, Tim, if that's your real name, in Kansas, if that's where you really live. If you go back and listen to the tape, okay? Listen to the tape, Ganji. If you go back and listen to the tape, I did not ask anybody, not Sam, not Mitch, anybody, how much money do you make? I'm not asking them to roll out the W-2s. What's in the bank account? What did you W-2 at the end of fiscal year blank? I didn't ask that question. What I asked Meet Mitch was, what are your gross sales? That's all. I asked Sam, how many tacos do you need to sell during the day to break even? That's not how much money do you make, right? That's a personal question. Now, let me write an example for you. Uh, I'm merely asking gross, right? What's your gross sales? And, and uh, for example, let's take my job during the day. I sell Peterbilt Class A trucks. This year, and this is what, what I'm trying to, uh, a gross number versus a net number, ultimately net profit, which I'm not asking about. I will push through, let's say, 120 or so trucks this calendar year, just for rough numbers. Let's say each truck on average is $150,000. Some are more, some are way more, some are a little less. But on average, let's say 120 trucks at $150,000 a piece. I'm just trying to make an example here for my man tip. If I take 120 units and multiply that by the average cost of $150,000, I come up with a total of $18 million. 
in gross sales revenues. Okay? Do any of you, do any of you have any idea how much I will make out of that from the gross sales number? Do you have any idea what I'm going to W-2 at the end of 2019 out of $18 million of gross sales revenue? No, of course you don't, because you don't know how much gross profit is in there. You don't know how much the net profit is. You don't know what my compensation plan is. You just have some bullshit figure sitting out there in the business world that tells you nothing. Gross sales revenues are the biggest bullshit number on the face of the earth. And Tim, I'm not asking Sam or my God, Potsy, what's in the bank, as I had stated a couple minutes ago. I'm not asking what their net profit is. I just ask for gross sales numbers, which means, again, nothing on the face. So I don't want to assume you're not a business guy or belabor the point here, but let's make sure that when you're going to come at me with those those questions are rude take that you also know what the hell you're talking about. Do you think I'm going to ask Doug Hassel how much is in his bank next segment? No. Well, maybe I will. But now I'm just going to do it to be a douche. Anyway, Tim, I'm teetering right now. The more I think about your email and the more I'm having to explain myself here, that I might have to ban you from the show. Not the internet in general, but I think I might have to ban you from the show. But I'm not going to make that decision unilaterally. I will again go to the YouTube chat and say, should we ban Tim from the show? Yes or no? Answer now. I will go to a break here as we get ready to pull up Duck. But again, come on. Let's not get our panties in a bunch about gross revenues. Okay? Know the terms. Bag. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. That's right, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, of course. 13 perfectly balanced flavors to transform your meals from ordinary to extraordinary. I love sweet money. Everybody loves sweet money. But they got cattle prod and cash cow regular money, Little Louis season salt, the list goes on. Also, they have that great relationship with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Put Simply Marvelous and Big Papa together. Now you're running the West Coast offense, which continues to dominate the competition circuit. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. How about that? If you're looking for a new go-to sauce, you might want to give Granny's a try. And then they got the smokers and the accessories and other people's accessories and other people's rubs and other people's cookers. If you have a quality ugly drum and you want to turn it into a ugly drum smoker, they sell a kit that you can self-do that. Is that a term, self-do that? John, check. Also, they are the exclusive internet dealer of Mac cookers. How about that Mac two-star general pellet grill? Easy to use, versatile. Meathead uses it to test all of his recipes for his cookbooks. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, how about the Old Hickory Ace BP? Yeah, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you really can't go wrong with any of the grills. Smokers, none of that featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. If you have any questions, call them 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Doug Hassel from the Hassel Cattle Company. Coming up, stick around, be right back. 
Rizzoli Show, giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. You signed up for the National Barbecue Championship. You better be registration free, so sign up today. Hit up smokingwithsmithfield.com for all of the details. All right, my guest in the second hour is running a fourth generation ranch in Rusk, Texas. Texas, of course, known for the beef, and we continue to see a consuming public and the demand for Wagyu beef. However, Getting the best typically means paying like it's the best, right? Yeah. But my guest tonight might be looking to change that mindset a bit, marketing their product as Blue Collar Wagyu. Let's head to the hotline and welcome in first-timer to the show, the uh, owner of Hassel Cattle Company at HasselCattleCompany.com. Doug Hassel joining me. Hey, Doug. Hey, how are you? I'm uh, spectacular. Um, is your camera on there, sir? There we hey, go. All right. Let me flip it around. No, you're good. It looks like we got full uh, full screen there. And wow, look at well, Doug. Isn't I hate to tell cool? you, you have a con- you have a luscious kitchen. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. You, is that a uh, like a is that a nice uh, one of those electric uh, uh, range tops right there? Yeah, it's pretty nice. I wanted to make Man. it really nice, and my wife has spent a lot of time in here. Yeah, I love the cabinets. Uh, is that a dual wall oven that you got behind you? It is. Yeah. Now, let's be honest. Uh, how many times do you use the dual wall oven? Because I have dual uh, wall oven in my house, and I think I've used the second oven seven times in the five years that we've lived here. <laughs> well, we, we tend to have a lot of people here all the time, so we use it pretty regularly. All right. Uh, we are talking with Doug Hassel from Hassel Cattle Company. Again, the website, Hassel Cattle company.com while we're talking also uh, hassle cattle company on instagram if you want to give them a follow uh so is the official tagline for the company konichiwa y'all yes sir we we kind of took the um japanese word konichiwa which is means hello and we combined it with the texas word y'all and so we kind of mix the konichiwa and the y'all together gives you the japanese and the um the American together. Very nice. Um, so give us a little background about you, Doug, and I guess, uh, as I had mentioned in the open, you're, I mean, we're looking at a fourth-generation ranch in Rusk, Texas. So where's Rusk? And uh, tell us a little bit about the history of Hassel Cattle. All right. Uh, Rusk is located in East Texas. We are on Highway 69 between Lufkin and Nacad- or Tyler, halfway in between the two. All right. What about the history of uh, the Hassel Ranch? All right, Hassel Ranch, we, um, my granddad has always had cattle on this ranch. And about four years ago, we started running the Wagyu um, in with our commercial operation. And our main goal was to stop taking animals to the cell barn and start going from the farm straight to the table. And it takes about three years from the time you breed a calf and or a cow and you have a calf and get it big enough to to butcher and send to market. 
So you were doing, uh, I mean, would it be commodity beef before you started getting into the Wagyu then or something different? No, we were just commodity beef is right. what we were doing. So, and, you know, do you, is everything done, I, I guess, in Texas? Is that, a, is that a, a good question to ask? Like, are you raising all the, the cattle there? Like, you on 750,000 <laughs> acres out there in Texas? Because, I mean, Texas is a pretty big state for those people that didn't know. But, I mean, what are you looking at? Right, it's a big state. Uh, we're we're a little shy of seven hundred fifty thousand acres. We we have a couple thousand acres total, but um, but we raise um, the cattle on our property. We get them up to oh, about six hundred pounds. We have our own little feed yard, and we get them up to about six hundred pounds. And then from there, we actually go to Nebraska, mm. and we finish feeding feed them out there. You can um, feed them out so much better in Nebraska. And then from there, they go over to Omaha, Nebraska, and they're they're um, harvested. And from there, they come back to Texas. Some of them do. We um, we will cut them up into individual steaks. We ship them out all over the country. Um, some of them leave from Nebraska, and they go to different distributors out in New York, uh, New Orleans, uh, Florida. We we ship meat all over the all over the United States. So when you talk about being able to feed them out much better in Nebraska, uh, I don't really understand the insight there. But uh, you know, so I mean, here's how I hear it: you're re- you're raising them in Texas to a certain uh, age and size, or maybe just age, uh, or maybe it's age and size, and then you you put them in like a truck and ship them up to Nebraska. Correct. Okay. And we finish them in Nebraska. We um, in Nebraska they grow a lot of the grains and different feeds that you need to finish feeding these these animals out that uh they that makes them marble and that's what gives us our our high prime on our on our animals and is that something from a finishing standpoint that just isn't available in texas or would be yeah. costly to, well, to get the stuff from nebraska and, and do it in texas all in one swoop well we're in east texas east texas is all piney woods and oak trees with small uh, coastal fields in different places so we don't grow any of the grains or corns or soybeans and mm corn that you really need to finish finish a cattle properly and is the so is the company in nebraska like a hassle cattle of nebraska or are you partnering <laughs> with somebody yeah we we um, work with a family-owned um, feed operation up there and we go into an all-natural um, feed yard they're never given any antibiotics any no hormones um, all the feed is natural and so we start out you know in east texas we never give antibiotics or hormones um now if we end up getting a cow that gets sick just like a person and they either got to get them well or they end up you know they'll end up dying we'll give them antibiotic but they they leave the all-natural program and they're just put into the regular commercial program you'll buy them at your favorite hamburger store somewhere do you maintain a certain number of uh of uh i mean i guess let's just talk about the wagyu stuff here but do you maintain or, or try to maintain a certain number of head of these we do um between what we've got and a few neighbors around here that we control um the their operation their their cattle operation what they'll do is they'll take the angus cattle just like we do we put our wagyu bulls that are registered with the wagyu association and we put them with the Wagyu or the Angus cows, they they breed, they have a baby, and they're an F1. And what the Wagyu does for you is it allows you to have a higher prime grade of meat. And so far, everybody that's tried it 
really likes it. I believe I sent you a little sample package up there a while back. Yep. Um, ho- hopefully you liked it. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, it was, it was very good. So, you know, one of the, the things that we can get, or, or I guess they can get convoluted is uh, titling and labeling stuff. So when I go to a high end steakhouse, for instance, I see one side has certified Angus beef and then the middle portion has prime. And then on the right hand side, you have a uh, Wagyu and there's like Mizuzaki stuff. And then there's stuff that uh, seems to be more like what you would sell. I mean, is Wagyu just is, is prime, but just a higher grade of prime and you can put the Wagyu moniker or does it have to grade so much fat internally in order to go from prime to Wagyu or, I mean, how do people not get snookered here? <laughs> right. Uh, there's a lot of people that call Wagyu Wagyu. Here, here's the way I understand it from the American Wagyu Association. If your animal is 50% or more Wagyu, then it can be labeled as Wagyu. And so that's why we take Angus cattle and we use the, the Wagyu, registered Wagyu bulls. And so we're raising a F1, which is 50% Wagyu. And then you have different grades of meat. You have select choice prime. Mm-hmm. And in Japan, they grade their prime, you know, it's the A, one, two, three, four, five. And so you got higher grades of prime, even in the U.S., there's not really, you got a body mass score. And our prime four, we call it, is a 10 plus BMS. Our prime three is eight, nine body mass score. And our, um, our prime two is a seven or a six, seven body mass score. And so the higher the, the body mass score, the more marbling and the better quality meat it is. So, and everything that we've harvested um, in the last two or three months has been a prime three or prime four. So we're getting a real high prime grade meat. Is there a definitive way to knock that number up to, you know, nine or 10 or 11 or no? <laughs> there is. It's just all about genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get better genetics and then... I, I always tell everybody genetics is 50% of it, and the way they're fed out is the other 50%. Those guys that we use in Nebraska, they do a wonderful job um, finishing our cattle up there. And so it, it's it's all about your genetics. So how do you go about getting genetics? If I wanted to start a Wagyu business, um, who do I contact to, to get a really greatly genetic uh, bolt? I would start with the American Wagyu Association, and then I would I would talk to farms around your area, and that's what I did. We have a farm up in Jacksonville, Texas, that we dealt with, and they're they only raise a hundred percent Wagyu, and their their meats grading high high prime, and it, it's wonderful stuff. Uh, the problem with just a straight Wagyu, in my opinion, is it takes too long for them to grow. The Wagyu breed is a very slow growing animal so that's why we crossed it with angus they grow faster and we're getting the, the prime the high prime that we were looking for but i would start with the american wagyu association and and find out who the members are around there and visit as many ranches as you can go talk to them and everybody has different opinions about stuff um but there, there's a lot of good guys out there to talk to that are raising wagyu doug hassel joining me here on the show from uh the hassel cattle company hasselcattlecompany.com is the website uh, we kind of rolled around the answer here to the next question, but the Japanese Kobe beef and the American Wagyu, 
is the biggest difference, uh, and we kind of talked about it off air for uh, for a little bit. <laughs> is the Japanese the true Japanese stuff that you see the the fat all over the place? I mean, this is something that you're not going to eat as a consumer a 16 ounce, uh, you know, Mizuzaki steak. Whereas since you're mixing it or you're 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 crossing it with an Angus, it's got a more palatable. Um, it's it's more easily palatable at, at a 16 ounce cut or a 12 ounce cut versus something that uh, you know is more traditionally a Kobe quote unquote. Yeah, Kobe, the Kobe beef that you hear everybody talk about comes from the Kobe region of Japan, and so to actually be called Kobe um, beef, it has to come from Kobe, Japan. Mm. And you hear people in the U.S. call their beef Kobe. That's really not correct. We're Wagyu, and the Wagyu is the same thing that the Kobe region uses except it's just labeled Kobe because that's where it comes from what you have when you have a full Wagyu that meat is real I mean it's wonderful it's uh, real rich mm-hmm. and you probably don't want to eat more than three or four ounces of it or you know <laughs> you'll know about it is so, that like you would never consider putting something like that in the in the product line because it would probably I mean it, or do you think you would get enough sales on it where people would say, "Hey, you know, we got Christmas coming up or a special event here. You know, we'll buy a chunk and, you know, we'll, we'll, everybody will get a couple ounces here or there, and it'll satisfy the curiosity." Right. You know, we're that's just not us. What we're doing is the F one cross, and we do it very well, and that's kind of where our focus is. And um, there, like I say, I, if you want some pure wagyu, there's a ranch in Jacksonville, Texas that they they produce some of the best out there. Um, Diamond T Ranch. I would check with those guys, but um, also the cost is quite a bit more when you go to a pure wagyu because it just takes longer to to grow that animal. Plus, you have a lot more money invested in your genetics, but having the bull, you know, pure wagyu registered and having the the cow registered, you, you know, I've seen these uh, wagyu cows go for thirty, forty thousand dollars, and. So you you got to sell that meat for a lot of money, and I tell you, if I got a um, a pure wagyu, you know, it's going to be hard for me to want to make him a steer and sell him off for even sixty dollars a pound. Right. Where you know you probably sell him off for fifteen twenty thousand dollars if it's the right genetics as a breeder bull. Uh, Doug, let me ask you, you know, I say uh, maybe 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I don't even know if we would be having this conversation, and I don't think a lot of people were really on the, the, the come on Wagyu beef in general. But fast forward to 2019, especially over the last three or four years, it seems like this has really been a hot button in the market and where you only saw maybe one or two names that had access or were purveying this high-end meat. Uh, you see more and more people starting to enter the market. So you said you were in it. You're in it now maybe four years. Was Did you see a demand in the market and you were you know, in the cattle business and said, Hey, let's get into this and, and try and capitalize. Or were you in it? Just, was it just happenstance that you said, Hey, we want to do this. And you're also catching it at the right time. Right. Uh, I guess a little bit of both of it. The main reason I really started studying the Wagyu breed is because I wanted to grow an animal that we could sell to the end user. And I wanted to have a very high prime quality product. And the Wagyu is a tool that lets me get to that point. Uh, did I did I do it just because I wanted to have Wagyu? Not necessarily. I just wanted a great product that was a little bit different than what other people are selling, just straight Angus or whatever out in the market. 
that had a you know a good the wagyu another thing you'll get a buttery flavor with it and it's also very tender um, i've got videos of people cutting ribeyes with a fork and so that's kind of why we went into the wagyu deal because it's so hard as my son that's 26 years old all he wants to do is raise cattle and i told him i said look we're you can go broke raising cattle you're talking about making you know fifty to a hundred dollars a head if everything goes right in a year's time, and nothing ever goes right on a farm. You either got a drought, or you got a flood, or you know there's always something going on. And so that's when we started really looking at how can we go to the end user and provide a good hormone-free, no antibiotic, quality product, and that's how we ended up doing the wagyu. Uh, you had uh, kind of talked about the process of getting the, the Wagyu uh, bull and the uh, Angus cow together. Is it, uh, I mean, is, has it always been a, uh, let's call it a natural conception as far as that's concerned, or have you uh, been a little bit more scientific in past years? Um, no, we just, we haven't done any really AI work or artificial insemination. Uh, we, we've always just turned bulls in with our Angus cattle and go that route. Is there any advantage to that? Uh, like a, an AI, or is it just more more cost? Well, a lot of people at AI will take a bull instead of putting a bull with 20, 25 cows. They'll collect semen, and then they can breed, you know, 100 cows with mm-hmm. that same bull. And, you know, the, the Wagyu bull is very, very fertile. <laughs> I mean, we put, you can put one bull with 40 Angus cows, and, and he'll cover them without a problem. I mean, our... Our pregnancy rate is about 90% on our cows. So we'll have 10% that won't get pregnant in a, you know, at a time, hmm. but which is very high pregnancy rate. All right. So, uh, the bull has a voracious appetite, if you will. So that's good to hear. Um, uh, let's, uh, can I, uh, actually hold you over for a, a bit of another segment and we can talk about the cuts that you got and some of the other products. Is that all right? Absolutely. I've got some meat here I'll show you, and oh, we'll kind of great. go over our cuts. All right. All right. We'll do that here in just a minute. We're talking with Doug Hassel of the Hassel Cattle Company. By the way, the website is HasselCattleCompany.com if you want to check it out. Also, follow them on Instagram, Hassel Cattle Company, all one word there. So I will talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru before we get back with Doug. Uh, you know, they've always believed, what, that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because... It can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. You've heard me talk about it for months and months, right? This is a ceramic cooker. Ceramic cookers are very popular these days. But this is the world's first ceramic cooker that has a built-in power draft fan already in it. So if you have a automatic temperature control device from the Barbecue Guru, all you have to do is take that controller, hook it up to the fan, and away you go. You don't have to buy anything additional. Now, the good news is that the Monolith comes with a bunch of other really cool accessories, they're not going to nickel and dime you like some of the other ceramic cookers that are available on the market. Everything that you need to be a successful ceramic cooker right out of the box comes with the Monolith Guru Edition Grill. Plus, you can get a whole bunch of really cool stuff over at the website, bbqguru.com. But again, check out this particular ceramic cooker if you have a Guru controller already. Now, if you want to upgrade that technology, certainly up to you. Visit the website, see what other controllers that they're offering. And if you have any questions, you can call them at 800 800- 288-GURU, that's 800-288-GURU, and they'll make sure that you're up and running right out of the box. We are back with more 
Wagyu Cattle Talk with Doug Hassel of the Hassel Cattle Company right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. We are talking with Doug Hassel from the Hassel Cattle Company. Thanks for hanging with me through the break there, Doug. And now let's talk about really cool stuff, which, of course, is cuts of beef. And uh, you have some stuff you want to show us. But let me uh, first ask you about the, I don't know if it's a catchphrase uh, or whatnot, but it's a uh, a blue-collar Wagyu, right? Uh, So what do you mean by that? Uh, Blue-collar Wagyu, um, we came up with that because our Wagyu, if the prices we're selling it at, your common man can afford to, to buy this um, meat. And so we came up with a blue-collar Wagyu. And if you go onto our website, the HassleCattleCompany.com website, you'll see kind of what we're selling our, our meat for. Is it a intentional thing for you to, to go, and or, or I guess if you know what the market is currently bringing for this kind of meat, um, it would seem a little out of... Uh, not out of line, of course, but uh, it would seem to go against the grain of business to you know price yourself less. So, I mean, obviously, you want to make it available for everybody. You know, when I looked at pricing, I took the the cattle and I looked at how much you know pounds of ribeyes you got in New York strips, and it was quite a process to figure all this out. Mm. And we decided, look, we need X amount of dollars out of this cow to to make a profit. But we didn't want to be so high that that people couldn't afford us either. And at the prices we're selling at, we can make a living. People can enjoy some great Wagyu meat. And so we came up with the phrase blue-collar Wagyu. All right, uh, Doug, I'm going to ask you this because nobody thinks I'm going to ask you, but how much is in your bank account? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's an inside joke. It's an inside joke. I'll have to ask my wife. Yeah. I don't know. Of course. Uh, spoken like a man, I would say the same exact thing. I have not, I'm like, I just make the money. I have no idea how much we actually have in the bank. All right, so let's talk about exactly. the cuts of beef. Uh, what do we have? Uh, what's popular? And uh, what do you like the best? Well, I'll tell you... Everybody asks, what's different about the cuts with the Wagyu? It's the exact same cuts that you have on any Angus cow or any other cow that you go to the grocery store and buy. We have our ribeyes, which are very, very popular. Uh, matter of fact, I need I need to come up with a cow that's got double the amount of ribeyes on it because that's our number one seller. It seems like we're always trying to come up with more ribeyes. Um, our New York strip are wonderful, and actually the New York strip is the number one steak sold in the United States. Oh, really? That's a high seller cut that's what i've read online and that, that's what it's showing uh the filet mignon or um, also known as a tenderloin <laughs> that piece of meat it, it just melts in your mouth it's wonderful we have some less even less expensive cuts that we do like the flat iron steak uh the denver steak they're they're just little steaks that are marbled up um we have a restaurant in palestine texas it's actually a italian pizza place and they do a, a appetizer using our flat iron steak, and they they sell a ton of it. Everybody loves that little flat iron steak. Uh, we 
we do our hamburger meat. We do an 80-20. We do it in a five-pound, a one-pound, and then we do patties, and the patties are um, eight-ounce patties. Mm. And our hamburger meat, actually, won uh, Food Network had a big burger jam up in the Northeast, and we won first place, first place at the burger jam. Wow. And so it's a... It's very popular. It, it just had when you start talking about prime meat, it has a different flavor. You know, my wife told me the other day, so you you kind of run us. We can't go eat hamburger anywhere because it doesn't <laughs> taste as good as what we do. We can't go eat a steak anywhere unless they're selling you know wagyu or our steak. Uh, it's our fajita meat. It's unreal. I cooked fajitas for um, a big wedding a while back. I cooked thirty pounds. Everybody kept coming up to me and said. What kind of seasoning did you use? I said, well, it was just Walmart Fiesta fajita seasoning. Like, no, no, that ain't it. And finally, I told him, I said, it was Wagyu. And it just has a different flavor. Mm. Everybody, it, it just improves the taste of all of it. So is the uh, fajita meat, like uh, like what part of the, or, or what cut is that? We're doing the inside and the outside skirt, and then the flank steak is what we use for fajita meat. Another another item that's really, really popular is our um, bacon. We do a beef bacon. Everybody keeps telling me, oh. you, can't, you can't do bacon out of beef. And oh. I, I tell them, well, I guess it only comes from pork and turkeys, I guess. But <laughs> we actually do a beef bacon, uh, and this is it. I don't know if it's close enough to where you can see it. Wow. But we take, we take this bacon, we smoke it, we cure it just like you would pork bacon. And this stuff here... We go to a lot of these farmers markets and people walk by and we sample product. And some people, you know, you, you ask them if they want to try something, they kind of look at you funny, like, eh, leave me alone. But we always ask them, you want to try a little beef bacon? And, you know, they'll say, no. And then say, wait, what do you mean bacon? Beef bacon? Who's ever heard of beef bacon? They come over there and try it. At one point, I had over 500 pounds of this bacon in our, in our walk-in. And I was saying, how in the world are we ever going to get rid of this? And about two weeks later, we had like none. Wow. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we got to get to making bacon again. Uh, another thing we make that's real popular is our um, our smoked sausage. And this sausage is jalapeno cheese. This, this is. It has a wonderful flavor. This is very, very popular. We sell probably five packages of the jalapeno cheese to one package of the regular smoked sausage. Oh, wow. But we have regular smoked, and we also have just jalapeno smoked sausage. But the jalapeno cheese is by far the most popular. Another thing, if you look on Facebook on Hassel Cattle Company, we started making these um, hot dog franks. We had a big deal, me and my wife. I wanted to call them Wagyu Wieners and I got voted down, so now we call them Wagyu, Wagyu B. Franks is what they're called. But they're six in a, in a pound. They The outside has a, a little crunch when you bite into it. They're natural casing. Natural case, yeah, like those. Yep. And I tell you what, these have been very, very popular. Everybody tries them. There's um, Sandy up in Oklahoma. She is always – I send her weenies to – to cook with and she does an enchilada dog uh, i mean there's all kinds of, i had no idea you could make so many different hot dogs but she's made just tons of them and a lot of those recipes and and links are over on our hassle cattle company facebook page and then here we've got our, our ribeye Ooh, you can see this is that. a that's a nice a thick ribeye a, too yeah we cut them inch and a quarter um it's kind of hard to tell in the package but you can see all the marbling in it and this thing, when you cook this thing, this is 16 ounces. And when you cook it, you can actually cut it with a plastic fork. 
Um, our marketing people that we use is um, out of Chicago. They're a big marketing company, and I was lucky to talk them into helping little guys like us. But we they needed um, some meat to kind of get their creative juices flowing. So I sent them some meat up there, and they sent me back video of them cutting it with a fork. Oh, wow. And, you know, they're the ones that came up with your Kenichiwa, y'all. Um, if you look, you'll see our little van wrap. Uh, it's... It looks very nice. Everything they've done is very professional, very nice, and, and we're proud to have them on board with us. Um, this is our hamburger patties. I don't know if you can see them, yep. but there's two patties. They're eight ounce, and what I like about these, when you cook them, they don't really shrink up. You know, I and noticed that I was, you did. You sent me burgers, and I have uh, a house full of uh, four women, three daughters, and a wife, uh, and uh, everybody is big hamburger fans. So the test for me, uh, look, I... Uh, Perhaps you're going to hate my guts when I say this out loud, but that's okay. I'm a man. You know, one of my right. favorite burgers is a Bubba Burger. But the one thing I do notice about the Bubba Burger as it cooks is it does have a tendency to lose a lot of that, uh, you know, weight uh, as it cooks. But when I cooked your burger, it was pretty much true to form from start to finish. Right. And I found with our burgers, I like to cook them on a, either in a cast iron skillet or on a, a flat iron grill. Yep. Uh, they seem to work better. I've cooked them over open flames, and it seems like it makes it smoke a lot because there's so much, I guess, just juice that comes out of them. But to really do these right, cast iron skillet or a flat iron works very, very good. And then we've got our just our one-pound blocks. Um, we make a lot of meatloaf out of it, meatballs, uh, just, i tell you, one of my favorite things. Well, the other night, my wife had a sorority meeting, we cooked up five pounds of, of hamburger meat, and they had a, a Mexican uh, dish that they were making. Mm. And I don't know, there wasn't many women there, but I didn't get any leftovers. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a little aggravating. Yeah, speaking to the deliciousness of the meat. So uh, are, are you selling, you know, from a percentage standpoint, is it like a, a more to the end user, like somebody like me, or are you selling into... Uh, you know, hooking up with distributors or, or going directly to a restaurant. What's the percentage of uh, difference? There? Yeah, right now we're probably selling about half and half, half to end users and half to restaurants and uh, a few distributors. Um, as being hooked up with the World Food Championship that's coming up, uh, I'm getting a lot of calls from all over the country. I've got people. I had a guy in my office the other day from Greece. I'm getting calls from Europe, the UK. Hmm. Uh, Germany, and so I guess that's pretty far-reaching. Um, I think we will probably end up selling more to distributors. Will probably be our biggest deal, but uh, we're selling a lot to individuals. We're getting a lot of radio exposure and and a lot of Facebook exposure, and and our every day it seems like we have more and more orders that come in. And speaking of which. If your listeners would like to order two New York strips, they can go to our website, order two New York strips, and enter the code JERKY, and we'll send them a free pack package of um, original jerky. And that's another very popular item is our jerky. And we do the original, and we also do a sweet and spicy, and it's been very popular. We also do a meat stick, kind of like a Slim Jim, yep. except we do our original, and we do a jalapeno cheese. Uh, we have several convenience stores selling these things, and it amazes me. Every time I go by, it seems like they're out. And so we're we're selling more and more of that product. And 
what I like about our meat stick is it doesn't leave a greasy film in your mouth. Some of the other brands, you eat it, and it's, it leaves a pretty greasy film that you got to overcome throughout the day. Uh, let's quickly talk. we got a couple minutes left here, Doug, and I appreciate the time this evening. Um, let's talk about the American Royal that's coming up here this coming weekend, and then uh, let's do touch on the partnership with uh, World Food Championships because I know that is a big deal. Okay. All right. Um, the American Royal is this weekend. It's a big cook-off. I know we are providing um, all the ribeyes for their steak cook-off portion of that deal. Wow. We're very excited. I, I actually picked that meat up today and Boy, howdy. I, I hope it all makes it up there. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you might need an armored car going up to uh, Kansas uh, for sure. I may have to. I'll have to run a decoy in front of me or right. something. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what I'm driving up there because smart. It, yeah, it's pretty nice looking meat that's in there. So I have no doubt that this will probably be one of their best steak cookoffs they've ever had and- using our meat. And then from uh, World Food Championships, how do you get hooked up with them? Because I know you're the stake partner there. Uh, yes, sir. We've got a brand ambassador, um, Kathy Pullen. I don't know if you know her. She's got different seasonings and stuff, and she cooks all over the place. And she introduced me to the World Food Championship guys, Mike McLeod. And and we got to talking, and they're coming to Dallas this year. And uh, Dallas is in my backyard. We're two hours from Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I sent him some product, and they liked it a lot. And so we worked a deal to to be their official stake of the World Food. They've got all kinds of titles that they give us. We're the presenting sponsor of the WFC Steak Championship, official stake of the Ultimate Food Fight, official choice of food champions, and the official <laughs> stake of the WFC. So, wow, wait. Anyhow, uh, it sounds like a lot. I like it. Um, so let, let's, I mean, let's talk a little business here uh, as we close out. So you're providing steaks for the American Royal. You're, uh, you know, the steak partner for World Food Championships. Uh, I mean, are you in a position where you're, you're, uh, let's say, donating these steaks to steak cook-off? Or, I mean, are you getting uh, some kind of relief back from entry fees that these people are taking part in, uh, like the steak cook-offs and stuff or, or World Food Championships? Right. Well, right now, um, the steaks that... We're not getting paid for the stakes right now, other than we're getting a lot of promotional material, a lot of, oh, they're, they're pushing us to their members. Mm-hmm. And in, re, in return, we're selling a lot of steak to the members. We get a lot of the WFC guys that buy product from us. So, maybe so you, one of these days. I mean, I have no idea what the, what the outgoing amount would be for the, you know, for the, the, the weight that you're giving them, but you're obviously seeing a, beneficial return on that uh on that investment exactly i would rather pay in meat than in cash <laughs> if i pay in meat somebody's going to eat it and they're going to say wow that's good stuff yeah if i pay in cash you know i'd rather pay my bills in meat uh, for marketing like in, in, and, would it be ideal someday where you know you're able to provide the meat but you're also able to to claim uh, a couple bucks per steak back as well oh that'd be wonderful sure i I like, and you know what? I may make you my manager, my partner in this thing. Well, you know what I say. Negotiate some uh, of this stuff. Profit is not a dirty word where I come from, it's, Doug. I'll tell you that. It, it's that's right. It's not, and hopefully we'll <laughs> see some profit here before too long. <laughs> no, well, you, at some point, otherwise we're going to be having a different conversation down the road. So, uh, exactly. if you no, want, if uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. We're doing fine. The company's doing good. We're. We're selling a lot of meat, and we're meeting a lot of wonderful people. It's given me a lot of opportunities to talk to people like yourself, other radio people, and 
and just meet a lot of wonderful cooks. I, I had no idea how passionate these cooks are about <laughs> their their deal. It's it's wonderful. I mean, I'd rather be here than go into a football game or baseball game. I'd rather go watch a competition. Now, I really like it now, and I didn't know this would be a perk, but I get invited to do some judging. I guess they can look at me and tell that I like to eat. And so <laughs> I'm a, I actually get to judge some of these competitions, which is which is wonderful. Uh, we are talking with Doug Hassel from Hassel Cattle Company. HasselCattleCompany.com is the website. You can follow him on Instagram at the same handle. And uh, there's going to be the steak cook-off coming up this weekend at the American Royal and obviously partnered up with the World Food Championships. Order two strips, and you can get a free pack of jerky if you enter jerky at checkout. And, again, the website is HasselCattleCompany.com. Uh, Doug, really appreciate all of the insights and uh, the information and the candor here this evening. And we wish you nothing but uh, continued success, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Yes, sir. Call me anytime you get over this way. Stop by. We'll let you, I don't know, ride a horse, catch oh. a cow, whatever you, whatever ride, you want to do. Maybe I'll ride one of those Wagus. We'll see what happens. Yeah, um, you know, the Wagyu breed, they're really a gentle breed. It's amazing. Uh, you can go out in the field, and you know, a lot of them will let you rub on them and different things. They're, they're really gentle. Well, it's a little uh, different than some of the breeds we've had where you go out there and it's a fight to get out. No doubt. Uh, so. Rubbing on the Wagus, I can only invite a bunch of terrible comments from my fans, unfortunately. Oh, but, uh, Doug, I appreciate I, you throwing about, it out there. That's great. I love that. I'm Doug, talking about scratching them behind the ears. Yes, of course you are. That's right. I certainly, <laughs> Doug, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. You got it. There he is, Doug Hassel <laughs> from the Hassel Cattle Company, rubbing up on always appreciate the time. Always. I appreciate the time tonight, Doug. Uh, rubbing up on those uh, cows. Uh-huh. Don't worry, uh, Jimmy Q. You are not the father Andrew, of that wagyu. Okay, not don't worry about it. You're not the father. Of course not. All right, we are a little late, so let's play catch up. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills before we come back and tie up the show. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. That's right now. Couple different lines, classic line. I don't know if they call it the classic line, but I call it the classic line. Then you have the prime line, which is the recently released version of the Green Mountain Grill. It's got the peek in windows, both on the main cooking chamber and in the pellet hopper. Two internal meat probes instead of one, running on the 12 volt power technology like the baby Crockett does. And you have the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone. Both of those can also accommodate the pizza oven insert, which I used over this past weekend, and it's so fun. The Green Mountain Grill and the pizza oven insert, I mean, it really knocks it out of the park when it comes to cooker and versatility. I love it. I love doing chicken on it one night, then I love ripping the guts out, putting in the pizza oven, doing like eight or nine pizzas. Go to Aleshi's over by the Giant Eagle couple minutes from my house, grabbing dough balls, the sauce, all the fixings. Everybody makes their own pizza. Love it. So much fun. If you don't have, if you have a Green Mountain Grill and you don't have a pizza up, how dare you currently exist? Rectify that situation immediately. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com and check out everything that they have to offer. Then find a dealer near you and snap them up. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Whole Packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we're back. I have to, well, hold on, let me do this. Uh, let me talk to you about the smoke sheet. That's what this segment is sponsored by. Keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, including top news, events, recipes, and more. Started by Ryan Cooper, the barbecue tourist on Instagram, and Sean Ludwig, New York City Barbecue on Instagram. Both of them traveling around the country to find the best barbecue and then report on it. You can sign up for the newsletter at bbqnewsletter.com. A great all-in-one source covering the live fire industry. And mentioning this show every other week, by the way. Thank you. So as we quickly review the interview with Doug Hassel, I didn't fix that, damn it. I'll fix that. No, I won't. I'll forget. As we quickly review the interview with Doug Hassel, I have to say, right out of the gate, he flipped that phone around and... From a audio fidelity and visual standpoint, as I was just bitching about, could we possibly go back to an all-audio show? Doug pulls out a home run. He's got, a, obviously, an iOS device. He has the uh, wireless ear pods in there. His fidelity was good. He had a great backdrop. It was well-lit. I mean, if you're going to come on this show and pull off Skype video with no issues and great sound, do yourself a favor and email Doug Hassel and say, how the hell did you do that? Because nine times out of 10 guests don't do that. A lot of my guests that show up on a regular basis can't show up like that. Doug, production value through the roof as a host. I appreciate that. And then very open with uh, the business and how he's getting it done out there. Doing it the old fashioned way, if you know what I mean. No artificial insemination. Although, did sound uh, from you said from you know one a uh, bull collection you could do a hundred cows uh, that's a lot but uh, he also happened to say that uh, one bull could uh, cover forty cows so you know Doug's got away with words which I appreciate and again you can uh, it sounds like he'll be up there at the American Royal this coming weekend and they're going to sponsor that SCA event. And he is a stake partner of the World Food Championships. So, the return, you know, I, I am a advocate and a protector of the business guy. So, when I hear that, you know, he's giving away the stakes, like, first of all, there's no way they would make him pay to give away his stakes, right? I mean, that would be completely ludicrous. I don't think anybody would ever do that. But my concern is, is the payback enough? He's the one taking the gamble. I mean, screw the guys at the SCA event. I mean, they're getting free steak. Uh, they're not risking anything by bringing in free steak. Plus, it's Wagyu beef on top of that. Uh, same thing with World Food Championships. Uh, the only one taking the gamble is Doug here. He's giving away, which I would imagine, is thousands and thousands of dollars worth of beef in hopes that there is a return on that. That's my only concern for a guy like Doug or Flip. You know, Gary, just chill out for a damn minute. I forgot to hit the top of the hour switch over. So that's my uh, only concern. That's why I feel like I need to advocate sometimes 
for these companies because some I'm not saying that this is what the SEA or the World Food Championship is up to, but you know, everybody's looking for something for nothing. And he happens to have a high-quality product. So, of course, I want as much as I can of that for nothing, right? So it wouldn't be terrible down the road where he would be able to command a few bucks. But he said the return on that investment is coming in, so that at least makes me feel good in my uh, my stomach. I can sleep tonight knowing that uh, Doug is happy with that business arrangement. But, uh, you know, anybody that comes on the show when we're talking about, of course I'm going to be concerned that I want to look out for these guys. I mean, he's coming on and telling me all about the business. I want to make sure these guys stay in business, right? I mean, he, look, uh, he, he's very successful. He's got a, a, other businesses that are happening uh, that maybe uh, could supplement the beef business that started to go down the tank, but it sounds like everything is going like gangbusters right now. And it's blue-collar Wagyu. I'm going to go on the World Wide Webs tonight and order up New York strips and ribeye steaks because, as we learned in the top of the second hour, because I sell $18 million worth of trucks this year, I'm a rich motherfucker. That's right. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm rich. So, long way to go to say if you're interested in steak and you're interested in trying Wagyu if you haven't yet, why not try HassleCattleCompany.com and Instagram at HassleCattleCompany and see what's what. Uh, and uh, price check them against some of the other places. You know the other Wagyu purveyors out there. You know what's up. Check them out. I should have asked him about the dry age, right? Is that the next thing that we're going to get into, Doug? Uh, Doug, shoot me a private message where nobody can see. Are we going to get into dry aging at some point? That's very big. Pat LaFrieda, meat purveyor, uh, what was it, 75% of his sales are dry aging. Yes, yes. All right, can we please make the break? Let's do this. All the way back in the first hour, Meathead was talking about potatoes. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, by the way. Mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, fried potatoes, uh, potato pancakes. We also talked about twice-baked potatoes and chunked potatoes, a lot of potatoes. A very brief rant on plant-based meat. And then in the second hour, we talked with Doug Hassel, fourth-generation owner of Hassel Cattle Company. That is a Wagyu meat purveyor. Started in commodity and has uh, graduated or also gotten into the Wagyu side of things. They have a deal going on right now. Order two strip steaks. And as you check out in the promo code, put jerky. Listen, jerk. Jerky, J-E-R-K-Y, and you get a free pack of their ever-popular jerky. Also, beef bacon. Who wants to try beef bacon? I do. I want to try beef bacon. Give it a try. Price check it up. And see if your ROI is the same. Big show planned for you on the third Tuesday of the month. Stephen Reichlin is in. Robin Lindars is in, amongst others. Is George Mott in next week? The hamburger king of the world? Let me go to my calendar here. I don't want to leave you hanging. Come on, Googles. Stephen Re- Oh, uh, believe it or not, we've rescheduled Kevin Bloodsoe. K-Bloody is going to be in. It's my nickname for him. I'll have to confirm with him. So big show planned for you. Plus, we will probably have the American Royal 
uh, open and or invitational winner to close it out. So it's jam-packed already. We're not even there. Uh, again, the uh, code for the free jerky, if you're going to order it, and you have to order two strip steaks, is jerky, J-E-R-K-Y, at checkout, HassleCattleCompany.com. September 11th is tomorrow. Remember it. Tomorrow, remember it the next day. Remember it always, because I will never forget. September 11th, 2001. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.